And now, discover your true course. This podcast is a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Your host, founder and president, Dr. Michael Godfrey. Hello, and welcome to Discover Your True Course. This podcast is a part of our service to and support for organizations and individuals in their pursuit of more that matters. You know it's a complicated, confusing world out there. Who do you trust to help you sort it out? True Course is a trusted guide for accomplished and successful individuals who know that there is still more that matters. These individuals discover ways to manage their success to be more, see more, achieve more, and finish without regret, both personally and professionally. This is the final episode in our podcast series on how to increase your personal and professional impact. You can significantly increase your impact for the good of yourself and your organization, the people around you, your personal performance, and your productivity by implementing the principles I'll share today and those I've shared in past weeks. I'm partial to these principles because they make sense to me. They work for me, and they've worked for many of my clients. They may not work perfectly for you. Every shoe has to fit the wearer. So you'll have to take the principles, give it a genuine effort to implement, and then decide what you want to use and what you don't. You may need to make some personalized adjustments to make a principle work better for you. As a coach, I'd be glad to help you work through that and answer any questions you have. If you're interested in exploring this, contact me today at discover at discoveryourtruecourse.com. In the previous episodes in this series, we explored important principles for increasing your personal and professional impact. Among these were critical thinking and problem solving, which involves fully engaging your mind to think critically and objectively about ideas and all the information that's coming at you all the time. We talked about vicarious learning or observational learning. This involves paying attention and learning from what you observe in others. If you practice vicarious or observational learning, you need not make the mistakes others have already made. You can learn from their mistakes without having to make the painful mistake yourself. You'll increase your impact as you step out of the familiar, the predictable, the controllable, and risk more. As you get into action in this way, you'll experience more, learn more, and have an adventure at the same time. Another way we talked about to increase your personal and professional impact is to communicate well. Just because you're talking does not mean you're communicating. It's important to be fully present in every communicative experience versus trying to do something else during a conversation. Work with your conversation partner to check for understanding, think, ask questions, listen, and watch body language. And we talked about measuring up with emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the new yardstick for leaders, and having this intelligence is not an option if you want to have a greater impact. Emotional intelligence is not a trait or a static quality. You can develop it, and coaching is a best practice for doing so. We explored emotional intelligence competencies and how TrueCourse can help you do that with assessments and coaching. For any of these points we've mentioned from previous weeks, you can log in and listen to that podcast to know more. But today, 
we want to talk about staying focused on the issues to increase your personal and professional impact. Conflict is always present, even in as little as a difference of opinion. Conflict is a good thing when it stays focused on a difference of opinion or a problem to solve. This type of conflict leads to better products, better service, increased efficiency, better decisions, new ideas, and personal and professional growth. This type of conflict is essential if an organization is to be vital and growing. But when conflict moves from focusing on the issues to focusing on persons, it becomes detrimental to the organization. It leads to energy drain, poor productivity, lack of focus on mission, and an uncomfortable, highly anxious environment in which to work. If you're trying to build a team, that type of conflict that focuses on a person does not work. It undermines all of your teaming processes and effectiveness in production. The focus can easily shift to a person because as human beings, we try to simplify things by quickly associating an idea or issue with a source, which is usually a person. We judge and blame the person rather than critically evaluating the idea or issue. It's hard work to stay focused on the issue. It takes a lot of discipline. When conflict turns to focusing on a person, here are some indicators in the environment that this has happened. The original problem becomes fuzzy and unclear. It's like the Hatfields and McCoys. These are two families that have feuded for generation after generation. They've forgotten the issue, and now they're just simply focused on one another. When conflict focuses on a person, those holding various opinions begin to form factions. The atmosphere becomes us versus them. And so it is for the Hatfields and McCoys. When you focus on the person versus the issue, the relationship will become you versus someone else or us versus them. The situation is no longer one where we try to solve a problem together. In this us versus them atmosphere, you'll hear win-lose talk and posturing. The belief is that somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. It's important to work together in a healthy team so everybody wins together on the team. The outcome is rarely 100% agreement, if ever. A desirable outcome is usually built on consensus versus a yes-no vote. High-functioning teams learn to live with the tension of disagreement and to maintain healthy relationships. In this environment focused on the person rather than the issue, you may also see personal attacks on others. Instead of attacking the idea, the person gets attacked. They become a pariah or a demon or a jerk. Such focus becomes another real problem to add to the pile because you're no longer addressing the real problem or issue you started with. Sometimes the thought is if you'll get rid of the person, you'll get rid of the problem or the issue. Most often, the problem remains even though the person is gone. The social-emotional atmosphere will become one of distrust, suspicion, and secrets. And these characteristics can escalate to the point of no return where the conflict is totally unmanageable. This is a very costly proposition. The once rational conversation about a problem becomes whispering among a few, which becomes shouting in meetings. People have forgotten the original issue and the organization, groups, and individuals are fractured, broken, and sometimes destroyed altogether. Recovery is extremely difficult, if not impossible. 
Younger talent is lost since younger generations will walk away from such unpleasantries. So what's a person to do? Discipline yourself to come back to the issue and invite others to do the same. In conversations, you want to hear the issue becoming clearer and not mention another person's name. Practice listening and asking questions to understand. Stephen Covey said it a long time ago, Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Oliver Cromwell said, When men run out of words, they take up their swords. Well, let me encourage you to find the words and keep using them until you find a consensus. Finding words requires the hard work of critical thinking. When you continue to communicate about the problem or issue, the solution will surface over time. Learn to speak the other person's language. You may all speak English or some other language, but you do not share the same word meanings. Be sure you mean the same thing with the words you use. And this takes conversation and questions. It's much easier to work out an issue than to recover a relationship or heal an emotional wound. Stay at the table for dialogue. Stay focused on the issue and value people and their opinions. If you do, you and your organization will benefit in powerful ways, and you may learn something from that other person. Some time ago, an individual asked to meet with me to deal with an issue. I replied that I'd be glad to listen. They made some quick assumptions and took my willingness to listen negatively. They assumed that all I was going to do is come and listen and not interact. They saw listening as a passive act. Active, respectful listening appeared to be a new concept for this individual. When I discovered this, I said, I'll interact, but it's my practice to listen first and then to speak. It's true that we often fail to listen first and then speak, myself included. Self-centeredness, fear, and pride lead to defensiveness and promotion of self and one's ideas. We're often defensive to the point where we speak before we listen. This rush to speak can add fuel to the fire, creating more confusion and more conflict. A coaching colleague, Peter Hawkins, once said, Never know better, never know first. Think about it. If you'd like to talk more about this, please put your fear away, make the time, and contact me at discover at discoveryourtruecourse.com. And if we can join you on your quest to be more, see more, achieve more, and finish without regret, please contact us. I'm Michael Godfrey. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Copyright by J. Michael Godfrey. All rights reserved.